Welcome to Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry, a podcast dedicated to changing the way women eat to lose weight so they can feel their hottest. I'm your host, Lauren Hubert, former fad dieter turned registered dietitian. Each week, I'll share all of my favorite healthy eating tips and swaps, help you through frustrations on your journey, and show you the science behind losing weight. Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry is here to make weight loss simple, fun, and easy to stick to for life. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry. Last week, in case you missed it, we did a part one to this two-part series on the science behind losing body fat. And today, you see the title, we're talking about the science behind building muscle. Now, if there's one topic that really gets me going in the nutrition space, it is losing body fat and building muscle to transform the way that you look. Now, something that I actually am not going to talk in depth about in today's episode, but it's important to actually talk about right now, now that I'm thinking about it, is a lot of women start their journey just hoping to lose weight and they're focusing on the scale. But if there's one thing I've learned about losing weight, keeping it off and genuinely being healthy, it's actually caring about what is on the inside of your weight. What really goes into that number you see on the scale? And ultimately, I'm going to be blunt. I really feel that women like you and I have just been brainwashed since we were a young child that thin is best. We need to be the thinnest biatch in the room to be the healthiest and most sexiest and you know best version of ourselves. And whenever we're thinking about a weight loss journey, we just think thin, weight loss, losing weight, being the lowest number on the scale. When in reality, being the thinnest biatch in the room is not the goal, guys. We want to transform our physique and genuinely be a metabolic engine. We want to be a healthy, fit, confident version of ourselves that actually has a healthy metabolism that is using food in the way that we want it to be used. So we are burning calories, we're using calories, and ultimately living a long and healthy life. So this is where the intersection of hot and healthy really comes to be because not only building muscle will help you look like the version of yourself you want to be, but building muscle doesn't mean you're become a bodybuilder. It actually is quite difficult, as we're going to talk about in today's episode, to build muscle and to build muscle when dieting. You, that's even a bigger barrier. So I wanted to do a full episode on the science behind building muscle and really also teach you about the importance of muscle mass when it comes to looking our best and feeling our best. By the end of today's episode, you're going to know a lot more, let me tell you, on the simple science that goes, well, sometimes it isn't so simple, but the simple science behind building muscle, I'm going to make it as straightforward as possible for you. I want to talk to you guys about why building muscle mass on any phase in any part of your fitness journey is incredibly important, but I want to talk about the specific physical and metabolic benefits that muscle building has for your body. I want to talk about why alongside building muscle, we have to also understand what goes into muscle building because it isn't as simple as drink a protein shake and go to the gym a few days a week. There's a little bit of nuance behind the scenes that I want to give you some practical guidelines for. And of course, I want to talk about what you can start doing today to enhance your metabolic rate and of course, build that muscle girlfriend. So let's get into it. I'm so excited. And I must just add in, if you didn't listen to last week's episode before giving this one a listen and a play, I do highly suggest you listen to the how to lose body fat one, the science behind losing body fat episode that we had last week, because this one is a part two to that episode. So last episode, AKA last week episode 186, baby, I talked about the negative aspects muscle loss has on our health. 
So I thought, what better way, before talking about the science and like giving you practical guidelines to building muscle as a woman, and even just as a person in general, I was like, okay, let's sit down for a second. Why is it important to have muscle in the first place? Because I can tell you how to build muscle, but if you don't know that it's important and it's going to give you benefit, I know you're, you're going to be like me when I was younger. Okay, why is that advantageous? Because at the end of the day, I know you guys want to look a certain way. I know there's also a big majority of you guys listening to the show that you also want to look a certain way and be healthy, hence the name hot, healthy, and of course, never hungry, right? And muscle is really important for all of this. But, you know, I was like, let's, let's talk about when you do build muscle, what benefits will you be able to see in your life? And we're going to start there. So one of the first and very expected benefits that actually co- not contradicts, but goes hand in hand with something I shared last week about a negative thing that happens when you lose muscle. But when you have sufficient muscle, and when I say sufficient muscle, I know this very fucking vague. (laughs) It's vague because I'm just talking in general. I'm generalized terms, right? Versus someone with not a lot of muscle mass, they lost muscle mass versus someone with more muscle mass and you have a good amount. When you have sufficient muscle mass, you are going to become more mobile and live a higher quality and quantity of life. Now, when I think about quality of life, I don't just mean a longer life. We all want to live longer, but if those years spent living longer are not high quality years where you're not doing activities, daily living, you can't take care of yourself. You can't move. You're immobile. That is not quality of life. Typically when we think about quality of life, like we could live longer, but if we feel like crap the whole time, is that really worth living? I mean, yes, it is worth living sometimes, but you get the picture. So anyway, we will be more mobile and have a higher quality of life and quantity of life. Another really cool aspect to muscle growth and muscle building is muscle is a really important marker of metabolic health. We always think about our resting metabolic rate, which is what goes into our maintenance calories is the biggest percentage of our maintenance calories. But muscle plays a very important role in our resting metabolic rate and our entire picture the entire screenshot of our metabolic health. More muscle mass is inversely related, meaning if we have more muscle, we decrease our risk for cardiovascular disease risk and our risk of mortality, aka death. What also is really cool that's associated with the metabolism, metabolic aspect of muscle is muscle is an organ that is associated, and this is a really cool stat, guys, with more than 75% of all insulin-mediated glucose disposal in our body. So basically, this is a fancy way of describing how heavily muscle is involved with how we metabolize glucose. Now, glucose is from carbohydrates. Glucose is our body's preferred energy source. So as you can imagine, glucose is very important. When you think about diabetes and insulin resistance, which is something we all want to avoid, especially as we get older, and for our hopes in maintaining our weight, we want to be insulin sensitive and we want to use carbs in the way they're supposed to be used. Now, many factors go into this. I always talk about how I have a whole episode on blood sugar and blood glucose and all these factors, but just know that muscle is associated with more than 75% of insulin mediated glucose disposal, which means that it is involved with how we metabolize and use and quote unquote dispose of glucose in our body. So less muscle mass, we can assume, okay, we're increasing our chances for having issues with glucose and carbohydrate metabolism. Also, what's really important to understand is muscle is really an important tissue involved with all of glucose 
And what we call is glucose homeostasis. I know I'm talking like and going straight into the science aspect of things, but homeostasis is basically a fancy way in science, a scientific term, to discuss keeping things at baseline, keeping things at status quo. When we have disruptions in things, that's when shit happens. That's when, that's when not good things happen in our bodies sometimes. So glucose homeostasis means the normal reactions and normal processes of managing our glucose in our body, which is important. Muscle is heavily involved with that, which means that when we have less muscle, we put ourselves at risk, quote unquote, for blood sugar issues potentially. And when you don't have good glucose homeostasis, that can lead to things like the blood sugar roller coaster. Now, muscle is not the only factor involved in this, but do understand muscle's important role in managing blood sugar. What's also really cool about when we build muscle is we actually burn more calories. Now, I know the internet is really opinionated on this. When you build muscle, it is not like you burn a whole football field worth of calories. It's not that many more calories, but enough for me to talk about and enough for us to have strong scientific evidence behind it. Now, what's important to understand is muscle is a metabolically active tissue. So when we add more muscle mass to our body, it's going to increase our energy demands, increase our daily caloric burn, and it particularly increases our resting energy expenditure. This is advantageous for weight loss, especially with the metabolic changes that happen. Now, typically we say the metabolic changes usually aren't too severe for many people, but there are also some things we're going to talk about later on, which is why having muscle keeping your resting metabolic rate as high as possible is really advantageous beyond just the calorie burn we have through it. We also find more muscle. And when we build muscle, we become more efficient at breaking down nutrients. And this is also a synergistic multifactorial system, which basically means that when we build muscle, we are also exercising. We're also eating a lot of protein, which has a higher thermic effect of food because protein is the food that has the highest thermic effect of food. So all of these things go into this whole system of us burning more calories, for instance. But what's really cool is exercise acts as a key for insulin and glucose to go into our muscles for us to utilize it. When we exercise, we actually begin utilizing that fuel quicker. So we can see how this all synergistically, collaboratively happens together. But understand that muscle independently helps us become more efficient at breaking down nutrients. And that is important, not just because we want to run through food really quickly. That's not the goal, actually. But it's really important for how efficient we utilize those sources of food. Our utilization of food is different when we're active and have muscle mass versus when we're sedentary, we have higher body fat and lower amount of muscle mass on our body. What is also really cool is we live a longer life. When we have more muscle mass, when we build muscle on our fitness journeys, we live a longer life. And what's really cool, and I wanted to bring in specific examples here, one specific example is there was actually a 2018 study that explored the relationship between body composition and all-cause mortality, which is, once again, as I've said before, that's just meaning death. And it demonstrated that participants in the study with a low muscle mass not only had a higher body fat percentage, despite obviously not being necessarily overweight, but more importantly, they had an increased likelihood of diabetes and a higher adjusted mortality. Now, what this means is when you have less muscle mass, but particularly less muscle and more body fat, we find it increases our chance of disease. It increases our chance of death, and it obviously impacts our body composition. And part of that impact to our body composition, we assume, goes into some of the risk that's happening there. So this is why your weight is important. But if I took two people at the exact same weight, 
but one of them had a lower body fat percentage. And I'm talking like examples, guys. Like I'm not talking like you're too low body fat percentage because that has problems too. But when I take two people, one has a healthy body fat percentage and one has a very overweight, you know, more fat focused body fat percentage that's higher. And the person in the normal quote unquote body fat percentage has more muscle mass versus the other example that I'm showing you here. I would say that person who has more muscle and less body fat is more metabolically healthy versus that other person. Now, I just want to be candid that this all came to me full circle actually before becoming a dietitian, right? I think around when I changed my degree and I was like super disordered in college um, and I was super restrictive, I did a body composition scan and I had one of those moments where, okay, I'm not overweight. I'm actually quite thin, but holy shit, my body fat percentage is in the 30s. It's in the 30%. I forget the exact number. Honestly, I wish I could go back. I got to contact Bod Pod, Florida State. But I remember like looking at me, I would never have suspected that my body fat percentage was higher than where I really thought I should be doing these tests for other people, knowing how much I work out and knowing how fit I am. And it's because I never put the time and effort into building muscle, eating proper protein. In fact, I was a vegetarian, under eating, doing a ton of cardio. So I am living proof of this, guys. So I'm not saying this to be like, you should feel bad if your body fat percentage is crap. Like girls, ladies, like my body fat percentage has been there. We're never going to be perfect. This is not about becoming a bodybuilder and being stage lean and being ready or anything like that. This is about understanding, okay, it is never too late to start, which is why I want to talk about if you have lost muscle mass or you're in a phase of life that particularly puts you at risk of losing muscle mass or honestly just is a disadvantage for you. I want to talk about that. And then we're going to segue into what you can do about it because it is never too late to begin the process of building muscle and improving your metabolic rate. Okay. So Losing muscle, we've established there's a lot of benefits to it. And we've talked about last week why losing muscle when dieting is really not great. But when I think about people and the the women I work with most at risk for losing muscle when dieting, and just honestly not having enough muscle in general, the people most at risk are postmenopausal women, anyone, not not even just women, guys, anyone who is elderly, anyone with metabolic disease, and athletes. Now, it's true for both male and female, but because many people listening to the show I know are females, it is important to just note that women actually with lower muscle mass and higher body fat percentage are also at risk for a higher risk of all-cause mortality and also cardiovascular death. So we see that in any of these populations, but particularly these specific populations, we're more at risk of losing muscle mass. We oftentimes actually require higher amounts of protein and specific guidelines to be able to keep our muscle mass. But in particular, it actually is very not advantageous to lose muscle mass because it does impact our health long-term. Hey, girlfriend, I'm interrupting for a quick reminder that as of today, the Black Friday annual sale is officially here. It is our biggest sale of the year that we have for our programs for you to be able to lose weight, transform your physique, and understand exactly what you need to be eating to get to your goals. Literally today, November 16th, we are kicking off the sale, but this year we're actually doing something even bigger, badder, and better than I have ever offered before. If you've been wanting to lose weight, but you honestly have no idea what you are doing, you are fumbling around on MyFitnessPal, messing around in the kitchen, trying to eat healthy, but obviously you know you need a plan. You know you need structure. You know you need strategy. Oh, girlfriend, this is the time to join us. 
Inside the TSN membership, we show you the exact simple steps to help you lose weight, make this process easy, and understand exactly what is necessary to begin seeing results. Inside the program, you will learn the hot, healthy, never hungry method, get your exact calorie budget and protein targets to start losing weight, figure out what you should be eating alongside recipes and meal plans and literally exact guidance on what you should be doing. Oh, and you're also getting daily support from our dietitian team five days per week in our community area and so much more. Starting today, you are able to join the TSN membership for $199, which is $100 in savings on your membership. And you also get free bonus access to my incredible Stuck to Slaying Weight Loss mini course that is literally responsible. What I teach you in that program is responsible for so many of my clients breaking through six month, year long, multi-year plateaus when they have felt so stuck on their journeys and they need to understand what to tweak to get to where you want to be. But the thing I'm also super excited about this year is I'm actually not done. We're not just doing this sale on the membership, ladies. You will also have the option to add on my brand new program, Maintenista, for 70% off at checkout. Maintenista is my brand new program to help you master weight loss maintenance, understand how to go from calorie tracking to normal eating, not weighing yourself every day, and genuinely teaching you how to keep this weight off for the rest of your life. But just for Black Friday and just for its launch, we are offering 70% off this program so you can join for $99 and get lifetime access to Maintenista. I am so excited, ladies. The sale starts today and lasts just a few days in honor of Black Friday. So if you are ready to transform your body, join our community and understand exactly what you need to be doing to get to your goals, be sure to head to my site. And most importantly, you can click the link below in the show notes to gain access to the sale before it's gone. Now, what is important to understand about muscle gain is when you repeatedly diet, your composition, your body composition will change over time. Despite you having your weight ebb and flow and you kind of go back to the set range It is important to understand that this can lead to something in research that we call sarcopenic obesity. So let me paint the picture. When we gain weight, we mostly gain fat, but we also do gain some muscle when we gain weight, especially if we're working out. Now, if we're not working out, (laughs) the muscle gain is not going to be as much, but we do gain a little bit of muscle. But what happens is this muscle is thought to be gained solely for the purpose in our bodies to structurally support this heavier physique. So when we've gained 50 pounds, I mean, if you've ever gained a significant amount of weight, I mean, even 20 pounds when I've gained 20, you know, 25 pounds, you feel it, but I can't even imagine for my clients who have gained 50 to hundred pounds, like the feelings that you have, because you're carrying around a lot more weight. It's like carrying on dumbbells with you all the time or carrying two kids on your side constantly. Right? So what happens is we gain mostly fat, a little bit of muscle in hopes of helping us ambulate. However, two things can happen here. This can happen due to aging because we lose muscle mass as we age or, or even, and, or situation two, or chronic inactivity or the result of repeated attempts at losing weight. Now, when you pair all of these things together, we get older, we're not very active and we've had repeated attempts at weight loss. This is when this sarcopenic obesity happens. And what happens is although right now you might be at a healthy BMI, you end up having an imbalance of fat versus muscle mass. 
So you have a lower amount of muscle and a higher amount of fat. This will reduce your resting metabolic rate. This will reduce your ability for strength, probably the quality of your muscle, and most importantly, your exercise capacity, but also it increases your risk of metabolic disease. So this is why you might not be quote unquote what people might think of as overweight, but it doesn't mean you're metabolically healthy. That's where this hot, healthy, never hungry piece comes in. Not to mention, this isn't talked about in research, but I've talked about it before, this idea of like skinny fat when like you don't weigh a lot, but you don't have a toned physique, a lean physique, or you might be lean because you don't have a lot of body fat per se on the total amount of your body. You don't have a lot of weight to lose, but you don't look toned. You don't look like you have muscle definition. And so this is where the intersection of, okay, not only are we not our healthiest, but we're also not what we viewed success was going to be on our journey. And I'm not saying this to be like, you need to be the leanest and have the most amount of muscle mass. No, this isn't about being lean, green and, and the machine and having so much muscle. Like I'm even just talking about being healthy guys. We want to ensure that we have enough muscle. And it's not like we need to see every divot of indentation of muscle in our bodies. That more relates to body fat percentage. But in general, when we're losing a lot of body fat, up and down, weight cycling, and we're chronically losing muscle, we're really never gaining it back because we're also probably not doing strength training. We're probably not eating right because we're doing all these fad diets. It can lead to unhappiness with your physique, but it also can lead to issues with how we look and also our metabolic health. So that's why one of the most important things I can ever teach you is on your fitness journey, transitioning away from being the thinnest biatch in the room, just trying to lose weight, calories are the only thing that matters, to how am I going to change my physique? How am I going to transform the way that I look? And most importantly, how am I going to lose body fat and build muscle? Maybe at the same time, maybe separate times, but most importantly, how are we going to build that muscle at some point on our fitness journeys? Now, let's talk about muscle building. There are, when I was thinking about all the things I could talk about today, because we could go on for days and days and days and days and days, and we are going to go on for days and days because I have a podcast and I'm talking my big ass mouth in this mic every single week for you guys. But I was like, I want to give you guys the most important piece of information because you guys come here. I know because we're, we're cutting through the fluff. We're sharing the most important things. So the three most important things that I want you to know about muscle building, and I'm going to talk about each one of these things in depth, but I'm going to give you the full list first. Number one, your daily protein intake. Number two is how you eat your meals. And number three is protein quality. Let's talk about daily protein intake first. So if you are trying to build muscle mass, you know, what's interesting is these general flipping guidelines that everyone's like, you know, this dietitian one time in 1975 told me to eat 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram body weight. Well, guess what? Little story time. Back in my master's degree, I was floored when I looked up more of the nutrition research that was so not aligned with what we're doing in the clinical setting for even elderly people and just the hospital guidelines. And that's a whole conversation in the dietetics field. But it became very apparent to me that our recommendations for protein are for the general government guidelines are too low and not for living optimally. There are great general guidelines, and I would argue some people are not even hitting those amounts, but to live our most healthy, metabolically healthy, and fit lives, we do need more than that 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight recommendation. 
So if you want to maintain muscle, the recommendations are as followed. We need around 1.2 to 1.7 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight, which is about 0.5 to 0.8 grams per pound. So if you're around 135 pounds hoping to maintain your current muscle, that would be anywhere between 73 to 103 grams a day, not including exercise. Two things important to know. One, this is for maintaining muscle. Two, this doesn't account for specific recommendations on like exercise and if you're in a deficit, because all of those factors are going to impact all of these numbers, which is what we do in our private practice, my private practice, not our, my private practice guys. And most importantly, when it comes to these recommendations, I always like to lead this conversation whenever I give numbers like this to the point that where you start at is really going to impact where we're going to start with. So if you're eating 60 grams of protein a day, I might set a first goal to be 100 grams, even though I might calculate that you need 130 grams. And I think that point isn't talked about enough with a lot of nutrition and exercise professionals because I see so many women shooting themselves in the foot, trying to eat 160 grams of protein per day, and they literally aren't even eating protein every single meal. So you have to meet yourself with where you're at to maintain your muscle mass. We typically like to see around 1.2 to 1.7 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. Now, what we see in research when it comes to muscle building, which is different than just maintaining the muscle mass on your body. What we see in research is we need anywhere between 1.6 to 2.2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. So that means if you're 135 pounds and you are trying to put on muscle mass, that means you need around 97 to 134 grams of protein per day. Now you're probably sitting here listening to this, or maybe you're walking here on your hot girl walk, listening to this. And you're like, okay, Lauren, You just said for those first numbers, 73 to 103 grams a day, and the second building muscle numbers as 97 to 134 grams per day for this specific example, you're probably scratching your head wondering why is there a range? There's a range for a few different reasons. One, there are other factors than just these numbers. These are ballpark ranges, but specific, you know, how old you are, how much you exercise, how much muscle mass you have on your body. Do you have not, no, not none, because we all have some, but do we not have a lot? Are we highly trained? All of these, like your age, genetic factors, all of them increase what these recommendations are. We work in ranges in TSN and research oftentimes works in ranges when giving clinical guidelines. So you could need anywhere between 97 to 134 grams in this specific scenario, but where you need to fall is going to be specifically relevant based upon what's going on in your body, which is why, once again, all of our programs are highly personalized, and this is why nutrition has to be personalized. You can take these recommendations, but we also have to see what works, and we also have to apply it to your current situation. But I do just want to point out with these guidelines, elderly individuals will require more. I don't want to talk about pre and post menopause and that kind of stuff, but specifically the elderly population, you are most at risk for muscle loss and muscle wasting, especially because you also have comorbidities at this time and other issues going on. So elderly women out there, you would require more, but these are obviously a great place to start. Okay. So the first thing we talked about when it comes to muscle building is protein. Protein, 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 general guidelines. And we're talking about the total amount of protein you need per day. And this is relevant because when it comes to protein, your daily intake matters more, but how you eat your meals and your protein and the protein quality also impacts your ability to grow muscle. So let's talk about nutrition related, how to eat your meals. So we find when it comes to optimally growing muscle, and this is assuming you're working out, by the way, I just want to put that out there. So when you are trying to build muscle, 
you don't just want to have 100 grams of protein for your daily target, for instance, one meal a day. You could, but it's not going to be most advantageous for the turnover that's constantly happening in your muscle and in your body. So we find clinical recommendations for around 0.4 grams per kilogram of protein per meal across, say, four meals. Now, I like to say many of my clients, right, especially in our programs, you guys see we have a three-meal, two-snack, three-snack. Your, your meal timings really depend on you, but we do find four high-quality feedings of protein, which could be three meals and one snack even, are highly advantageous. But the whole point is split it evenly. Don't just have it all in one meal. We find that incredibly important for muscle building. Now, the third thing, which is protein quality. So I talked about this in an earlier episode on vegetarians eat your protein. If you literally go into hot, healthy, never hungry and type vegetarians eat your protein and even hot, healthy, never hungry, it's like a Google search. You will find that episode. And what is important about that episode is knowing that if you are a vegetarian or even vegan, you can build muscle. You can be healthy. You can be metabolically fit. You can be active. You can do all of the things. I have nothing against vegetarians. But when I think about all of the research we have on muscle building, it can perhaps be a little bit easier to gain muscle when you eat animal protein products just because of the quality of protein in many of these food choices. So the two things I want you to understand is with protein quality, there are higher quality and lower quality proteins. And it doesn't just relate to the calorie versus protein content. For instance, peanut butter, to get four grams of protein, you need like 100 calories versus to get four grams of protein. I mean, you know, for the same amount of calories almost, you can have triple the amount of protein in a piece of chicken, right? But the quality of that protein is also really important. So you really want to focus on having a whole combination of protein sources in your diet to get a whole variety of protein. But specifically when it comes to muscle gain, we do want to ensure that you're getting enough of an amino acid called leucine. Now I talked about leucine in that episode. I could do a whole episode just on that because it is a little bit more sciencey. But leucine is one of the amino acids, specifically a branch chain amino acid that we find in protein. And if you're really getting gung-ho about building muscle, I'm going to give you some protein recommendations for specifically leucine. But just understand that when you eat more higher quality sources, you will have an easier time putting on muscle mass because of how much leucine that you're having. So if you just have a whole variety of protein sources, you're usually in the clear for this. But if you really are like, okay, I'm really having trouble building muscle, that's where I would then explore, okay, how much leucine am I really having? So basically with leucine per meal, we're hoping for around 2.5 grams of leucine per meal. And this would be that threshold, especially post-workout to basically what we say is optimize muscle growth, or muscle protein synthesis. So this will help just really optimize your ability to build muscle. Now, what's important about the word optimal is in research in nutrition and especially sports nutrition and strength training, you will hear the word optimal. Like this is optimally been proved in a research study. But what's also very important to understand about building muscle, guys, is it is not about perfection. Just like with weight loss and fat loss, building muscle is not about perfection. It's about doing the basic shit right and doing things mostly in the right direction. So for practical guidelines for you guys, one, we got to start eating more protein. I think definitely knowing your daily target is incredibly helpful for muscle building. Number two, we also want to make sure your meals are spread evenly throughout the day. Don't skip meals, have three meals, one or two snacks. I find very helpful if you prefer four meals and that's it, you're one and done, you're good girl, but you want to have at least three to four meals a day, in my opinion, with amounts of protein that are sufficient to hit your daily targets. 
And most importantly, you want to care about the quality of your protein sources. So that means eating high quality foods, high quality proteins. We don't want to rely on things like peanut butter for our complete proteins and our high quality proteins. We want to have proteins that pack leucine particularly in them. But honestly, for most people following many of our meal plans, many of our recipes, eating foods like chicken and fish and steak and tofu, you know, all of these foods are going to be very high quality sources, especially dairy products like, you know, Greek yogurt and that kind of stuff. Okay. Some other practical things that I just wanted to point out as well is some people do have a harder time to build muscle. This is actually a very interesting area of research that I've become more acutely aware too. And there's a couple different things to point out. One, some people in general have a harder time to build muscle versus other people. And I'm not talking male versus female. I'm talking about, you know, if you took a whole subsection of women, some women are going to put on muscle mass faster versus other women. So there's an individual response that you just want to be kind of aware of. Um, what also is important to know is regardless of your genetics and genetic predisposition to your ability to gain muscle, when you are less trained, it is typically easier to put on muscle mass versus as you progress on your fitness journey, it becomes harder to put on muscle mass. And what's important to note about that is because muscle is an anabolic process that requires calories and it's most optimally, here's that word again, optimally, it is most optimally done with a large amount of fuel available because we're building, we, we need enough food and nutrition. If you don't keep your calories high enough, you can have a very hard time putting on muscle mass despite all of the recs above. So if you're very serious about putting on muscle mass, what I typically suggest for clients is enter maintenance and eat sufficient protein, all the recommendations we're talking about. You could enter a quote unquote surplus, but typically I find maintenance for many of my clients and the aesthetic things they want to achieve. That's really the best thing to do. You can lose body fat and gain muscle at the same time. Protein and your training regimen is going to be really important for this. But sometimes it can be advantageous to enter maintenance and have a break. Also because chronically dieting can lead to dieting fatigue in your brain outside of the metabolic stuff that's going on. But it is possible to lose fat and gain muscle at the same time. And most importantly, doing a lot of the things we're talking about in both part one and part two while on a fat loss journey are just so incredibly important so we can prime your body to be metabolically active, fit, and healthy. But at the end of the day, when it comes to losing body fat and building muscle, these are separate goals. So I know most of you guys coming to this show, some of you might want to gain muscle. I know more of you are coming to the show, not thinking about muscle gain, but you want to look toned and fit. You want to be fitter. You want to look leaner. And of course you want to lose body fat. So what I hope you take from this two-part series is as I'm losing weight, I don't want to just lose weight. I want to keep and maintain my muscle mass. If not, maybe grow a little bit of muscle mass, have a little body recomposition moment and come out of this journey healthier. And then I'll enter maintenance and then I will be fit for life. I will focus on lifting and moving my body and hot girl walking and eating protein and keeping up with all these habits. Or you're the other situation I described where maybe you're at your goal weight and now you're trying to live a fit and active, healthy life. And the goal is just maintain and or maybe even build a little bit of muscle mass if that is a goal for you. But regardless, strength training, protein, eating sufficient calories, not under eating, having consistent meals, these are the things I want you to take away from this episode because I know when you leave this show today, you open up Instagram, you open up TikTok, you open up YouTube, you open up any, sometimes even a podcast you're listening to on social media and your things that pop up for you, even in the gym environment, you will hear so many different things. But if there's anything you take away from Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry, anything I ever share on this show, is we don't want to just look fit. We want to genuinely be fit. And to do that, we have to be metabolically healthy. And to be metabolically healthy, we have to eat right and train right. 
It's not about eating less, starving yourself, doing these fads. It's genuinely about committing yourself to being fit and doing the things I talk about in today's episode for the rest of your life. It is not sexy as some quick ab burning workout, some fat loss smoothie meal that has some crazy nutrients in it. No, but this is the shit that works. And this is the shit that will actually keep you healthy. Hey, girlfriend, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you'd like to learn more about eating right for fat loss and never gaining weight back, I'll be continuing this party on Instagram where you can find me at sorority.nutritionist posting inspiration every single day. Also, if you're wondering where to get started on your journey, be sure to head to the sororitynutritionist.com backslash quiz to take my free quiz that will tell you why you aren't losing weight and what you can begin to do about it so you can see progress faster. You can also find any other links and resources mentioned in the show at the sororitynutritionist.com under free resources. I hope you have such a beautiful day and I will see you next time, girlfriend.